just a bunch of witty banter. Good quip, Papa. Hey, I'll have a quip. You'll have a quip. We'll both have a quip. And bit up, Beep to the beep. See? Kill that worked. Nailed it. You're warming up to the beeps. Just a brain fart sometimes. Revel in the beep. Speaking of farts, we want to talk about this beer. Hey, it's my beer. Fart in a bottle. That was a good one. Well, we've we've got some time to to really think over the Sprecher Black Bavarian. So let's put our final thoughts on it. Tyrell, you finished first, so I want you to go first. Classic Tyrell. Stamp it. Um, Triple stamp it, no erases, touch blue, make it true. All of that. Above. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? I just nod. Uh, but the video camera's off. So, uh, <laughs> no, Chris, how's it feel to finally be behind a microphone while naked? Pretty good. I you know, you'd since like you asked, we've been waiting for that. We've been asked, waiting for that. Yeah. How do y'all think of you know, what do y'all think? Oh, I've yeah. always it's liked really it. what we think. I gave it a 9.5. Thank you. <laughs> uh, All right, so what do you got? All right, yeah, serious. Uh, I'll give it a seven and a half. Is it better than the banana bread beer? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, damn right. I, I liked it a lot up front, and then it got a little heavy as we as it warmed as up. As it opened up? Yeah, and maybe the full. And it's a, in a 16-ounce bottle. It's a little bigger than a, like a, a normal beer. Big daddy. Little bit. It's hefty. It's 6%, which is not huge, but not small. Necessarily Something. You know, shit, right. You yeah. Know. So, uh, yeah, I can give it a seven and a half. I like okay. it. I, d- I, get it. I drink it again. Now... Give me two reasons why it's better than the banana bread. Uh, well, I like I I generally like roasty, chocolatey flavors over banana flavors. Um, mm-hmm. and so yeah, the flavor was better. And then I, I think the uh, the balance, balance of the, the yin and the yang. Yeah, just overall, my mouth experience, like in a knee jerk, non-critical way. I That's a band better. name for you. Mouth experience. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter, Trademark. What are, what are your <laughs> thoughts? How do you feel revisiting your favorite one? Yeah. Well, I'm obviously a little biased. This is one I brought to the table. And, and in fact, I will say this. I'll give this a little qualification. I don't know if this was like the one that on the show was like my number one favorite, but it was the biggest surprise. And I think I think it was like the one that I was most stoked to find out about from the show. Sure. Um, I still love it. Uh, it's still... Most of the things that I remember, it's you know, it has kind of the nice consistency with the robust flavors of kind of like the stouter porter that you'd expect. Um, and as it's opened up, I can see how one might uh, back off from those flavors. I actually kind of like it as it's opening up. Mm-hmm. I think it gives it a little bit of kind of like a deeper round uh, finish that kind of lingers around maybe even longer as it opens up, which I like. Um, so initially, I gave it a nine, and I think you gave it a nine as well. Damn, uh, I think Damn. that was uh, yeah. Big I think that time. was might have been pretty high. Uh, I think it was because we had such n- zero expectation about it that we were surprised by it. Um, if I was gonna rate it again, I'd definitely give it an eight. Wow. Okay. Um, and and, so and I better than the banana bread. Yes. Well, uh, better than banana bread. Yeah, I, I guess for the reasons stated before, I, bananas not my favorite flavor. If you know. I'm sure that there are other beers that have other flavors that I wouldn't like as much as banana, but I haven't really had that much flavored beer, so it's always kind of a new experience for me with that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I just think that this is one that's probably a little bit more sessionable for me. It's one that I could have two or three of and not, you know, not think twice about. 
Nice. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Chris, what's the word, Big Bird? Yeah, I'm interested to hear your take on this. So the fact that y'all brought this on not knowing what to expect from it is pretty cool. I just want to note that <laughs> because that's the beauty of trying craft beer. Mm-hmm. Let's put those blinders on. You don't on, know, maybe. but you <laughs> went for it, and it actually was one that y'all really liked. Right. It's neat. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, I, I, it definitely falls right in line with other black lagers that I've had. Okay. It doesn't jump out at me from those, but it is, it's tasty. And, um, yeah, overall, again, I agree that it's just a very pleasant experience drinking this beer. And you could definitely drink more than one. Um, if I had to give it a number, I'd probably say eight. There you go. Bam. Right, right with me. So do you think it's better than the banana bread? No. <laughs> so banana bread's still your number one. Still right now. What did you give the banana bread? I didn't get I don't chance, think he gave a actually. rating. Oh. But uh, I would have given it a nine. Damn. Wow. It's good we Good we Covered. Okay. Good. So with mine, this beer, I honestly don't like it as much this time as I did the first time around. Yeah, me neither. I feel like maybe it's just the batch, but this one doesn't feel nearly as thin as I remember it to be. Okay. In fact, this doesn't really force. feel like a lager or much at all. It feels like a heavy beer, like a, a not a stout, maybe a porter or something. That's what Tyrell said initially. And the flavors are great. It's got a nice mix of complexity, and I commend it for that. But it's also a little sweet towards the mm-hmm. finish. Mm-hmm. I have like a kind of an off-putting, I don't know, lasting flavor from it. Yeah. Um, I honestly think I like the banana bread better as well. Wow. Y'all have been teaming up. That's how we roll, baby. Me and Tyrell have been teaming up over here. About this yeah. too. I'm never honest, like actually. Like where we're sitting on the table. Yeah. Never. <laughs> so appropriate. Okay, so next we <laughs> are going to do uh, the local one. Okay. So Hunter, if you wouldn't mm. mind pulling that one out. Is it here? It's in. Yeah, it should be underneath. I love that I haven't had any of these except the one that I chose. That's pretty so that's cool. cool, right? Yeah. yeah. That's how that's we kinda, do it. Yeah, that's kind of how we were hoping it would turn out. Uh, but I am a fan of Brooklyn. This Brooklyn is Brewery, this so. is what my going in and knowing that, or at least expecting Chase to to get this one. This is the one I think that we're going to end up concluding on. That's what I'm going to put up. I want this one to be better than the one I chose. Damn. I think so that bias. I think that I mean put it out there. Chase gave it Which a nine point five. I gave it a nine, and that was probably being nice, you know, or not nice, like like mm. like I could have given it more. Um, so, so, Chris, yeah. the reason why we originally brought this beer on the show was because, I don't know if you remember, but almost over a year ago now. 24. Yeah, we were at 24 Diner. It was you, myself, um, Darian, and Dulce. I think it was the first time we met Darian. Was it really? I think so. That's interesting. I didn't, re- I didn't realize that. I had a bald head. You did have a bald head. You decided what? to shave your hair. I can't even right. imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it was Daddy Warbucks. Oh, okay. Because he just he just gotten married and he was like I'm just oh fuck god it. No. He get, yeah. <laughs> you gave up that he, quick he got, like, all fat, <laughs> got all fat got all fat and bald I drank a few really really good beers and we were watching Annie and Daddy Warbucks and the rest is history oh. but anyway at the diner we had the local two yes um, on Darian's recommendation and it was amazing like delicious and what's that's, the local two it's like the brother beer of this, mm-hmm. and I don't even remember what this thing tastes like or what to expect. But I, I remember, remember it was light, you know. Was it light? Yeah, it was. It was. It, looks it was. Light, right? It was incredibly like. It was incredibly. Uh, it had some spice and, and it had some character, but it was light and it was refreshing and crisp. Uh, I, 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 like going through, because I had to kind of catch up on all the episodes and hear how we were describing each of them, and this <laughs> was so. Dope. This was one that was like we were in the middle Thank of spring. Chris. 
and it was like the perfect beer for the day we were having it and yeah cool i think the local two is a bit different but anyway i remember seeing the local one and being like i haven't even seen these from brooklyn brewery so they've had they've been selling these for a while nice anyway upon pouring it super golden unfiltered chris what are you just looking at it what do you think is gonna what are your impressions uh, just looking at it, I get like, I feel like it's probably gonna have coriander and orange. Maybe some ginger. And I don't even know. Sarah. I don't even know what that means. We had a we had a beer recently that that spoke to coriander, and I don't even know. It's a spice. Yeah. What I mean, can you describe no. it in any way? <laughs> there's, like, no, there's no specific way. It's a spice, way. but I couldn't tell. It's you in the same like. family as ginger, but it's different than ginger. Because okay. you hate ginger, citric, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, give me the rest, man. I'm just seeing what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, little, little yeast at the bottom there. Big boy. <laughs> Um, but it looks yeah, like if more. you poured this up to me and I didn't know nah, that it was Brooklyn good. one, God, that's good. I would think beautiful grapefruit I w- IPA. <laughs> that's I would think sour what it looks like. That's it, right? It kind of does look like a sour. It's a 9% like. well, alcohol by volume. more in the smell, but yeah, it looks like a nice citrus. This one was super complex pale. and I've completely forgotten what like the flavor notes were that we in fact, we probably sucked at figuring it out anyway back then. So. Do you want me to kind of look at the back and say a little bit about it? I mean, it Please says, do. Yeah. It says, we forge no. barley malt and hops from Germany, aromatic raw sugar from Maritus, and yeast from Belgium into Brooklyn Local 1. So, got a lot of kind of imported this flavors so and stuff. Good. Yeah. It's so fresh. Um, this is behind the golden clover, a color. Oh, Find yeah. a dynamic yeah. complex of flavors, Belgian flair, Brooklyn fortitude, and a dusting of yeast after 100% bottle refermentation. So, can you yeah. guys explain real quick what a bottle fermentation is for those who don't know? Sure. Um, so, bottle fermentation. Bottle condition. Yeah, bottle what condition. Essentially, they're, they're bottling the beer right out of the fermenter and adding uh, sugar. And so there's a little bit of yeast, or you can add a little bit more yeast at that point. Sounds like they did. Yeah, and um, you can produce the carbonation okay. with that instead of so force carving or, yeah. In the bottle versus carbonated in a keg. Or so you should always tank. not pour the last half inch to an inch of a bottle like that in general. Hmm. Because you're gonna have a little bit of yeast sediment there. Won't hurt it, you. Some people it's don't. Some people don't mind it. Yeah. It's, but it's just it's not it's the protein. It's not ideal. <laughs> it's good, yo. I like amino acids. Uh, or um, never mind. When you, uh, <laughs> you went for it. I like it. Yeah, you went I, I missed that one up pretty bad. <laughs> when you when you say or when it says Belgian yeast, what can you immediately expect? That I won't like it. Bananas. <laughs> Why is that? No. Same answer. Yep. Bananas. Bananas. Banana <laughs> esters. But it's, a fru- it's a fruity ester that comes that's no banana in it, but it tastes like bananas. But do you think this tastes like bananas? I do. Really? Immediately. Immediately. Smells great. So you're not about banana. it? No. Nope. I don't like wow. I don't like Belgian beers. And I feel bad because there's a whole world of Belgian beers. Like beer came from. Have you had Belgium. a Belgian single? No, this is a try a Belgian single. It's a Belgian single. Chris, do you get any sort of banana? Yeah. Really, but the it's smell. The, I don't get. I don't get the Belgian. You said smell, citrusy. Threw me off yeah. at first. The first time. To me, this is like smells citrusy. This is like fruity, but not in the. I mean, it, it's banana. It's I think, the, you, it's like I think you nailed it when mouth. you said on the nose that you could imagine it being a sour. Mm-hmm. I think I I totally get that when yeah. I smell it. At least I haven't even yeah. tried it yet, but yeah, it's strong citrus smell. But then on the roof of your mouth, you get banana. I can definitely feel it up there on the roof of the mouth. 
Where Hunter? How? What is the ABV? Does it say nine percent? Nine. Damn. That was a, that, uh, that was another great attribute to it. I mean, oh, we got it doesn't even we feel got like drunk. It. Yeah, it we got drunk is. after that episode. It's deceivingly. We're about high. to have a whole nother one. Oh yeah, two beers in. Oh yeah, I'm already halfway there. Witty's getting getting sloppy pretty soon. This is a good one. guys. Sweaty banter. <laughs> What's your favorite? Whatever. Thanks dude. for coming to sweaty banter. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody want to add anything else before we keep going? Um, anything you want to say about this one? I feel like this one's super complex, and I almost don't want to make any snap judgments yet. Yeah, we need to let it open up. Um, it seems more carbonated than the other two. More bubbly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm getting. More, I agree. More kind very of very much carbonated. Yeah. Um, That's interesting too because it's the bottle condition. And you would think the other way. Well, no, I just think that's an interesting side effect that you get from that. But I mean, you. But neat. that's kind of a normal thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I guess I get I, I just get kind of like a sprightly, bubbly mm-hmm. feel right now. I can't mm-hmm. really make out specific things. I think it's too cold to to, to make specific a, notes. It's I think got a dry I, finish. I like that though. Dry I've finish. very recently been very attracted to dry finishes in Yeah, dryness. Like, I'm getting yeah. sick of Whereas a that, super sweet aftertaste. The mm-hmm. black one, the black lager didn't have as dry a finish. Absolutely. Neither not. Did the I think it's I think it's easy for craft beers to kind of cop out between that behind a sweet aftertaste like that kind of like almost every flavor they go for ends up being a sweet flavor yeah. in a way. Yeah, I totally mm-hmm. understand. I think dryness is sort of a boldness, you know. It's like this is what we got, and that's what it is. You know, it's. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I like this. Uh, I'm gonna wait off until it opens up a little bit to really try and delve into it. And in that time, we will return once again to Nick's mail corner. Nick's mail corner. So without this next mailer, this show would literally not be possible. Okay. Uh, that's because it's of course from Andrea, my 100% badass mom. Yeah, she's <laughs> partially my mom too. She's probably my second She's mom. a superhero. And I know yeah. like most people call their mom superhero, but this chick could probably lift a car. Mm-hmm. It's obscene. She would whoop all have of you our met asses. My mom, Chris? No, That's I still haven't met your parents. I know. She'd beat I've all been of waiting. us. Up. I thought oh. you guys were like roommates. Of friends we were friends. roommates. Roommates and lovers, but And lovers, but he never <laughs> introduced me because it wasn't, you know, it just didn't get to that <laughs> point. Don't say earmuffs. Okay. You had this other thing going on. Don't say met my parents. I don't want no PDA. The first date, literally. Chase, on the other hand, well, I'm a pretty bold guy. Bold move. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. mom's email. Mom's the best. (laughs) And she says, and her question is, uh, what gave you the inspiration for Witty Banter? What are your plans with the show in the future? And what video games are good for girls? Because it appears to me that, in general, men have an easier time with story-type games. Why is that? Question mark. Interesting. So, Mom, we, there's a lot to unpack there. We're going to save the girl part of the question for, for later. So, But to dive right into it, the inspiration for the show, sort of... We have, we have mixed opinions about it. I think the first footstep came from you. Right? Really? Because I, that's what I thought. I remember, I, I just remember you, hearing you passionately tell the story about you meeting Greg Miller and being like, I have to do a podcast. And I was like, I don't remember that. Like, I didn't know that was like a, a catalyst for the show starting. I just remember listening to some like social like guys program thing talking about girls and stuff and being like these are just two bros like on a radio show talking it out and having a good time and making me laugh like me and Chase would kill at this yeah and and simultaneously I had been listening to podcasts for like six years yeah I'd never listened to one Hunter was like we should totally do one I was like maybe we could and then after you put that into my brain is when I met Greg Miller, who is somebody I've listened to. When I say I've listened to podcasts for like six years, it's been this guy. 
I met him in Austin and I was like, yeah, I've just, you know, I've been thinking about doing a podcast because you had already mentioned it. And then he was just like, yeah, I mean, of course, why are you not doing it now? Like, it's so easy. Just like go out there and do it, man. Just do it. That's awesome. And I was just like, fuck yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah. And that, that was probably the kernel of inspiration. Right. I think a lot of it was born just because me and Chase knew that there was a lot of like bounce that we had, um, that, you know, there's a lot of people that have interesting relationships and stuff, but me and Chase have kind of taken from each other so much over the years that it's very natural kind of flow back and forth. So, and even times when like I've caught myself just being super interrupting, like, (laughs) like Chase will like want to say something. I'm like, yeah, but uh, uh," you know, like kind (laughs) of like (laughs) interrupting what he has to say, but like he's, he's good at like recognizing like Hunter's just kind of like that. And so we have like this understanding as far as like, when we can bounce back and forth with each other. So I think that that was a huge like thing that told us we can do this. Yeah, and everybody kind of has that point, I think, with all their friends. Like, man, if we if this was like a TV show, it would kill. Or if this was mm-hmm. recorded, it would be hilarious. And so we're like, let's just record us. We talked about it too long to not do it. Yeah, yeah totally. So that's where the inspiration comes. Uh, the plans in the future... That's good. That's I don't like that question. It's so scary, right? <laughs> that's a mom question. Right that's there. such a mom. How are you going to support yourself mom. in the future? <laughs> well, but will you monetize? Well, I mean, somehow? Chase is a couple. <laughs> Chase is going to have to decide. I mean, where he, what he wants to do going forward. I already know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be in Houston. Um, Chase is going to have to kind of decide if he wants to be in Houston, be in Austin. So I think that'll be a big bearing on kind of where you the guys show goes. Remotely do it. I mean, yes, so that's fun. the thing. We like, can do it via Skype. Doing it remotely, I know it's possible, but I've never looked into it. But, like, at the same time, the show, it would be so weird doing it remotely. It wouldn't be the same. Well, like, the video wouldn't be the same, but there's you could do it, and no one would know the difference that you weren't in the same room. You I won't get to play so. off each other's facial expressions and stuff as much, but, you know, you could... But that's, like, a large part of separately. our interaction, though, if you, if you is body language. It, if you Skyped it, and then you recorded clean audio on two separate ends, and then yeah. sent the files to each other... I think that's the thing is, is take a little more work technology. I think right now is probably the biggest barrier because like when I have done Skype, it's always, it's never been a perfect, I've never had a perfect Skype conversation. It all. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) It's exactly that. Yeah. I've never had a Skype conversation that or didn't you, lag out. You know, maybe you do them a little bit less and you make a point to go to Houston, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. There's ways to do it. That, and, and that's the other thing is like, you know, I have, I have a band that is primarily focused in Austin. Mm-hmm. And I think that the expectation, at least for right now, is that I'm going to have to be traveling up here and, and doing stuff to stay with the band. So even if it was just kind of, if you did stay in Austin, I would still be able to see you and, and do a show for sure. So, so yeah, mom, the answer is. The question is unanswered, and it scares the shit out of us. To be determined. Because we love doing this. And, like, mm-hmm. the legacy of it already being a year and a half is like, I'm going to stop now. Yeah, it's be the know. worst time to stop. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. We got all these ideas of people we want to interview and places we want to go and shit to do. And, like, we still got to get Tyson's to interview us. With the answer she was asking for, what are your plans for the show for the future? Yeah, we don't know. The show is that you have people you want to interview. We do. I mean, you have you got a lot of ideas. You have ideas. That's the answer. Getting to do the show at Thirsty Planet was just like the biggest holy shit moment. Like this is what we should be going for. Yeah, you know, and we definitely want to try to keep going down that path at some point. But school's been a motherfucker in terms of time. Like it destroys all of our time and planning. You know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Damn it. Once that's done, we'll be apart. It sucks. Yeah, it sucks. I always kind of thought that if we kind of got off of just like the homebrew podcast where we actually tried to have like a very specific thing that we were addressing with our podcast, 
that we would do beer, but we would maybe satellite around all of the different like markets that beers go through. So we'd have like the like the consumer spot where we went to a bar and talked about how bar how beer was sold at the bar and stuff like that. Or you know we went to Thirsty Planet and got to see how it was made. We could maybe even go to a distributor and see how they go about distributing and wholesaling stuff like that. So I. I I think that that would be a cool thing if we did that going forward as far as like, you know, in a professional sense. But otherwise, I think it's just going to be something that we do when we get to do it. And right now, since we get to do it and live live together, we're doing it as often as we can. For sure. So the last question, what video games are good for girls? That's a loaded one, man. It's just like you don't want to be that person who... Fence. says here's girl games and here are guy games technically sure. games should be for everybody but when you think of yeah there's i mean there's, the gaming industry is obviously super biased not, towards males diverse. like ridiculously yeah. it's it's a it's a male's world but mom without getting into the details you should go look up a chick named anita sarkeesian she is someone who for the last like five months or so she's been on various she's done like lectures at different universities she's been on the daily show and stuff her biggest thing is gender equality in games, and the points she brings mm. up are super interesting. Um, so, so look her up. You'll get a better answer from her for sure. Can I tell her one? Yeah, yeah, sure. Fez. Oh, totally. Darian loved that. Darian, Darian jumped right into that. <laughs> yeah, Fez is dope. I think anything that's just like, you know, simple and straightforward is gender neutral. You know, mm-hmm. just some like Super Smash Bros. can be a girls' game. Yeah, for sure. But you. I saw a thing on NPR or listened to a thing. I didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Uh, but a little, like it was a, a girl or a younger girl was saying, you know, like, I want to play as a female character and that costs me money. Like, I have to pay money, more money, yeah. for an add-on to play as a girl. Mm. And so there, it is there. Yeah. Like, you rarely get to play as a, as a female protagonist. Not that you don't. You There's know, like Tomb Raider. There's but Tomb Raider, but it's it, very it's highly sexualized few and, too. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like you get to play as few and a, far between a standard girl like Last of Us. You mm-hmm. know, there are games, right? But interesting. Yeah. I mean, you could probably say that most games are made by a group of men, more so. There's female employees, but it's you know, pretty much dominated. male dominated. But it's, yeah. a, it's a similar, it's a similar issue everywhere. It's not just gaming. I think it's about. The gaming you're right. I think you're fun, right, but it's everywhere. How they define their own fulfillment for video games, so what they want out of it. You mean what the player? The wants girl. Out of the game? player. So what the girl would want out of it, right? right? And you have games. I think Little Big World. I think it's the Little name Big of it. Planet. Little Big Planet. Thank you. I know several girls who like that game. Mm-hmm. And um, touching on what your mom said about story games versus other games. Mm-hmm. I guess I would say that most girls who would not necessarily cla- necessarily classify themselves as gamers, mm-hmm. but still play the occasional video game, play the kind of game that doesn't get intensely involved in a story because that way they can break away from it easier. Right. Where but that's what's so interesting about talking um, about gamers as like a subsect is mm-hmm. you don't say that like I'm a fucking I'm a movier. I'm a filmer, you know, I'm I'm someone who watches film. No, you just like movies or I'm a music or anything. Being mm-hmm. a gamer is very specific to the gaming medium. Mm-hmm. Like and, and what it means is different for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that sort of the backlash um, against all of these pushes to have gender equality in games is they're 
people who see themselves as these gamers from like the 1980s see themselves as gaming being a boys club and the fact that it's changing they become actually very hostile towards yeah. it yeah and that's that's where gamergate and all that stuff comes in as right. well um, but Sad. even even Assassin's Creed is getting a lot of flack to this day because they never had a full release with a female protagonist. And every time they do have a female protagonist, it's in one of their spinoff games. And the excuse they get for not having a female protagonist is always something like real stupid, like, well, it would just take extra time and assets to create a female character model when the fucking game is populated with females. You mm-hmm. know, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then especially story-driven games is, is, yeah, most games fail to treat women as an actual... Like subject, there's the the famous Bechdel test. Have you guys ever heard of this? Is that no. For film. For film, yep. yeah, and you can yep. kind of apply it to to games. You so, could. the Bechdel test, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't remember. If is it's it just like, like screen points. time? Or something? There's, there's three be, points, and there's three. Categories there must be two be different female characters. In the story. In the, in the story, film. and they must talk to each other. And when they do talk to each other, it can't, can't be about a guy. Or have a man in the scene. Right. Something and like that. It's in order for it to not be gender biased? No, in order to fail the Bechtel test. To fail the Bechtel and test. It's, it's not necessarily gender biased or not, but it's like 85% of films cannot. Like they're always it's talking about thing. the guy. It's like two and ladies stuff. talking to each other, not about a man, and you can't find it's, it. It's, in like it's 85% wow. of films. super hard. That's yeah. crazy. So when you break it down like that, it's like, yeah, there's definitely, maybe not it's on purpose, but there's. But at the same time, like, you'd be surprised about how many girls play, like, Call of Duty. And stuff like well, it's not it's not a whole lot, but there's still girls well, that love that stuff. You know, but people automatically is, assume they're disingenuous in playing. They think they're just saying like, "Oh, well, I play games," and it's like, "Do you really play Call of Duty?" They get those questions that a male would. That's not, not fair at all. Yeah, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying like girls still do love that. So saying like games for girls, it's like girls. Yeah. girls are just as vast and, and different as guys are totally. you know like any game that a girl likes is technically a, a girl game so, which is yeah so i think trying to section them off is like here's the games for men here's the games for girls is equally as destructive for sure yeah we had you and i had a conversation about this earlier and i felt like a dumbass after <laughs> because I, I said a lot of i said things that like made me feel like women weren't weren't like honest you know like consumers of video games and stuff so like they should have you know these girl games, and I'm like, no, that's stupid. Like, I totally change how I how I view it for sure. So yeah, I think it's tough. Maybe it's saying this isn't like 100 correct, but like, you might find that like generally, and it's only generally because of course you're gonna find some girls that like stuff that mostly men would like, and vice versa. But generally, like the kind of game a girl that would appeal mass market to girls more than say Call of Duty or something like that. Mm-hmm. It might not be something lucrative either. That's so what's always drawn to mm-hmm. it yet. Yeah. Not fair necessarily to say that, but reality is if not people mm-hmm. aren't gonna buy it, you're not gonna make it's it. It's either like developing out. the market or having the game develop the market. You but, know but there's been very I mean like the Sims does well and I wouldn't say the Sims is gender specific, you know? You know, mm. that, that's like a massive. But there's game, been interesting right? waves. No. Recently, there was a game about a year and a half ago called Gone Home. I'm going to spoil Gone Home for anybody who hasn't it's played fine. it. Never heard of um, Gone Home is a game where you're in a house and it's in the 1990s. And essentially, you're a teenage girl who has come home and you're looking through her stuff and remembering the past, basically. It's creepy. And through and through picking up all the items and looking at everything through the house, you sort of remember. You you find out more about this girl because you're the one looking into her history and yeah. you end up finding that she you know she was a lesbian and when she realized that she was and it's like a memoir even and it told a super good story that it was very believable and the atmosphere like drew people in 
And so that game, which like a critically everyone enjoyed, is like kind of redefining what games can be as well. And that's one where it's a you know it's a female focused game and all of that. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely changes being made, but they're right. super small and there's a lot of backlash. But then you take a game like Fez, where it's like. Fez, you know, what is is the main character? You get to choose his name, I guess, right? I mean, we chose Gomez. No, no, his name is Gomez. His... No, it's not. His name is Gomez. You choose that. No, I never put that in. Really? His name is Gomez. Are you serious? I'm serious. Okay. I thought Chase was clever. But he looks he looks gender neutral. Classic. I know that. Like like the, the way they set up that whole game is like, you couldn't really tell girls from guys, you know, from the, mm-hmm. the characters that they had. And like... That game was so well made uh, that so glad you like it. That when when you when you can have a game that doesn't have to you know it doesn't have to be the girls are over here doing this and the guys are over here doing this. It's literally just like these are just little square block guys, you know. And that's why like Tetris won't be a guys game or a girl game. That will yep. be a just a people game. So I think that we should just have more efforts like that, where it's like. Maybe 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 we have more gender oriented games like for girls because there clearly is probably a lack of that on the market. But I think that if if you're trying to address that girls don't have enough games that girls can enjoy, then just we should just make more gender neutral games, you know. Totally. Um so keeping the mailbag alive. Let's do it. It's the queen of love and beauty, Darian Female. Oh, Defem. She's got a question that I've actually been really I've wanted to crack into this question. Really? Okay. So she's got, got a, a head start. She's got question. an Easter egg of no sorts. Brain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she says, what are your top band names and where did the inspirations oh, come? Oh, God. Now, here's the deal, guys. I went into my Twitter my Twitter feed, which has over 70 band names in it now. Wow. That's impressive. Super stats. I filtered through them and put them into three different sections, and I left some out that I think were total BS. So clearly well more prepared than us. <laughs> right. I'm trying to think. I got maybe one. So I'm going to start. What, what would you guys rather me read from first? Here's the three categories. We have nonsense band names. We have metal band names, and we have jam band band names. Nonsense for me. Nonsense? I don't know, like top two or three from each category. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to contribute one metal, or two at least, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. Just do your thing. So here's some nonsense band, nonsense band names. We'll go through them quick and, unless I have something cool to say about one, right? Okay. Band name number one, ethnic white people. <laughs> nonsense band name. <laughs> band name number two, Dark Wahlberg. Oh, that was one I That's was going to say. Dark Wahlberg is Dark dope. Wahlberg is amazing. Number three, progress bars. Oh, that's nice. I was yeah, thinking I like about that. like video sure. games, you know, progress sure. bars. Um, the next one, Space Bang. <laughs> I don't know where I was at that point. There's probably a band named Space Bang. Somewhere. Another one, Safe on Block. That was when I was like super into fighting games. I like that. And I was like, yeah, dude, you're safe on block. Because it doesn't mean anything yeah. if you don't know. Exactly. You know. But it still if you sounds know. cool, though. There you go. <laughs> There's another one called Soft J. Oh god! I think Soft J is hilarious. Is <laughs> that just reminds me of Limp D. <laughs> <laughs> Silent T. Uh, this next one is Velvet Rocket. That's pretty cool. Pretty I like that. I think that was very sexual. Yeah, yeah, that's incredibly <laughs> sexual. Yeah. Um, this next one is just the classics, and this is a Cole Blair collaboration. We thought it'd be funny if you just named your band the, the classics. classics. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like it. Kind of bold. This yeah. next one I think is yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> this one's Wurt. <laughs> Wordless Tickle. <laughs> That's a band name. Okay. This next one is probably one of the first band names that me and a friend ever came up with, my friend Max and I, and it is probably what started my whole fascination with band names. This one's Earthman from Venus. 
And I think Earthman from Venus would be a dope band name, no matter. That's a jam rock band almost to me. Yeah, it could be. But I, I could see that. Anywhere. Yeah, it could be on any any scope. That, yeah, that reminds me of like So, is are those all your nonsense ones? Move on to the to the metal ones. Let's hear what metal okay. you got. So with metal, we've got Frog Croak, Beauty of the Sword. Mm, that's like a Legend of Zelda. It's too eh. nice. Okay. It's too Next nice. one, Panopticon. Yeah. Ooh. A Panopticon <laughs> is like a mega city. That's pretty, okay. that's pretty cool. Epic, right? It just sounds geometrical. Next one, yeah. just quest. Oh, it's too easy. Yeah. Too easy? Okay, fine. The next one is Dragon Clawed Sabretooth. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a joke band. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The next one is Megatome. Mm, I like that. That's a cool band name, right? Tome Ooh. is a cool word. I love it. This next one comes from Cole Blair, and it's called Bag of Skulls. Okay, it's pretty cool. Uh, this next one's from Cole. I love this one. It's just called Humans of the Sun. That's pretty cool. I like humans of the sun. There, that's close to Empire of the Sun, though. Then we've got the Unconquered. Eh. Oil and Lead. I think Oil and Lead is a dope metal band name. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Sticking with that same uh, riffage, we have Wine and Wool. That's pretty cool. I like it. It's like it. an Etsy store. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, here's one from Cole Blair. It's called The Hand of Blair. <laughs> of course. This one's from Cole. It's called Supreme Riffage. <laughs> We're Supreme Riffage. Uh, then we have Metal Beard. I like Metal Beard. Metal that was going to be one I was going to bring to the table. Yeah, Metal Beard Metal is Beard. good. That's Tyrell's band name. <laughs> We've got Bear Dog. Just throw in cool. Bear Dog. You can be Bear Dog. Or Wasp Whisperer. Mm. I thought Wasp Whisperer was cool. I don't like saying Alliterations. It. Now we've got, we've got jam bands. First one, Colored Commentaries. Some <laughs> alliteration there. Okay. The next one, Mr. Macintosh. Also, I like the it. next one, Pinata Party. That's Ooh, fun. I like Pinata Party. I like Pinata Party. Pinata Party. That's, like, right? that's, that's like a pop band to me. Really? No, yeah. Screw yeah. that. Like a one one direction. Pinata Party no, doesn't take itself like, seriously no, at all. Like pop the bands take themselves like seriously. Like the MGMT or mm. um, sound LCD sound systems. For some Did you call them management? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I. That's what my brain says every time. Yeah, I mean it is. It is an alliteration. Yeah. The next one. Not an alliteration. Magical Spectacular. I like it. That's just when we were throwing in adjectives <laughs> together. Yeah. The next one, I think, it's like an innuendo, kind of. It's like a pun. It's Conjugal Mistress. <laughs> Instead of Conjugal sure. Visit, Conjugal Mistress. Yeah. I thought nice. that was pretty funny. The next one, we have Moderate Hippies. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> moderate Hippies. I cool. like Moderate Hippies. This next one comes from Adam Shackleton, and it's The One Night Bangers. <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, this is one of my favorite ones ever. I think this I know is, what this one is. You totally do. This yeah. would be one of my go-to jam band names, and this is Baby's First Lemon. Mm-hmm. I think Baby's First <laughs> Lemon is gold. It's pretty good. It's like BFL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then oh, yeah. people would call it BFL. And rounding it out, we have Monster Moose, Supremo Maximum, and the last one, which was a collaboration between Max Colblair and myself, is Ethnic Kiss. Okay. So those are all my uh, band names. It's like cool. Fury. I have two. What you got? We already mentioned one. Fresh pecans. Fresh pecans is so good. Dude. Fresh pecans. I think. I think I'm gonna transfer it over to a a working like whenever I start doing another music project, I'm gonna say, hey guys, let's be fresh pecans. The second band name is one that Forrest, Mr. Collada. Uh, actually kind of helped me coin, and it was whenever we were talking about like some Facebook discussion you were like let's not talk about this uh um, oh yeah yeah unfair yeah. to math it, it's uh 
kind of like there. I think there's a thing called math rock, right? There's totally oh, yeah. math rock. I, uh, I I think oh, yeah. I think right. I think saying like, "Hey, what's up, guys? We're unfair to math." I think that that. that like it's one of those things that originally, Rolls off the tongue. yeah. Well, now it, originally you'd be like, "That's super weird," but I could say like, "Did you see Unfair to Math last night?" Like, I, I could totally imagine saying that. Or fresh it. pecans. So those fresh are my pecans. two. And Dark Wahlberg and Metal Beer. Those are my four. I just want to add in at this point, the beer's rounding out pretty nicely. It's delicious. Okay, there you Here's go. Chris is nothing about music. Just no, beer. he's not. Beer, he's beer, just beer, beer. The beer. Yeah, I give two shits about band names, but you know, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. The creature death awakens. Yeah, tell us how you really it. feel. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got any band names, Tyro? Sure. I used to vamp yeah. for me. So we, I had this thing with a friend, and it could have been, it could, it could either be band names or it could be sexual um, exploits. Sexual so exploits you, or band names. Right. You take, you take a an object or an action after a state. So you to do a state and then that action. So like the, you know, the Montana boot horn. <laughs> <laughs> Or like the Kentucky lunchbox. That's a thing. That's a thing. You know, or the yeah, I don't know anything like what you about know, Oregon the, uh, sandbox. Like you just God. put them together and they all sound funny. The Texas seahorse. Yeah, yeah. And then you have to explain what that means, or which yeah, that's always the toughest if it's a part, sexual right? thing. So yeah. Uh, but for a metal band, I always thought Thunderhead would be cool. Thunderhead's good because I always like something head, machine head, motorhead. Mm. You and know, diamond always head. A good adjective for yeah. For thunder's heavy. Bands. It might be a little cheesy. Sure. So you could maybe cheese up the band and then standing ignored as a band. Standing name. ignored. I feel like that'd be kind of like a puddle of mud type of band. Though. Yeah. But yeah. Or like an indie lame-o band. Hunter, I'm giving you a relinquishing control of the show to you. Chris, okay. Chris um, I'm going to run to the real fast. Okay. So do y'all maybe want to start talking about the beer since it's been rounding out sure. a little bit? Round it out. Uh, My opinion hasn't changed. I was thinking about it um, as... As I've been drinking it, I think one thing that I really appreciated about this beer was it seems clear to me that it's bringing a lot to the table. There's like two or three different flavor complexes that are going on within the beer for me, um, but I'm not getting overwhelmed by that, I don't think. I think that it's it has different flavor notes and different sort of uh, like, I don't know, spices and or kind of hints of stuff that you get but i don't ever find myself withdrawing because it's so complex and it's so over the top that i can't handle it it's still very light and and refreshing to me so i think that was a big reason why chase and i had such a we hearkened to it uh initially so much and um and i think it holds true here i think as it's been opening up a little bit, you get to see that that complexity kind of play out a little bit more, but still, it's not that overwhelming, you know. Um, this beer's the bomb. <laughs> this beer's the bomb. Straight up the bomb. He's gonna stand behind his nine point five. This guys. beer's the jam, dude. It's uh, to me, it's nine percent. It's deceivingly yes. high. It does not taste like nine percent. It doesn't drink like nine percent. It's not hot like a high alcohol beer. It ain't, it ain't flying in on the meteor or anything. It's delicious. I think it's subtle. Where it's just like all of these like almost floral notes to me. Yeah, sure. Maybe I'm completely off on that. No, that's what I'm saying. Floralness, grassiness, um, but like high on my red. It's not these deep flavors. That's what I'm saying. It's not overwhelming to you. Yeah, it's just like you want everything it's giving to you. Exactly. You're not trying to sift through it. It's not. It's it's like dry. It doesn't linger around too much. It's awesome. It's like seeing a different language that you can read. It's just like, oh my god, I'm apparently <laughs> knowledgeable on this shit. Give me more. 
Yeah. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I, you know, defend what? yourself. No, 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 no. I think I'm actually going to go ahead and give this a nine, and here's why. Wow. Number on it right here. Stamping it. Uh, I like Tyrell. Don't particularly care for um, a very weedy sort of Belgiany beer. Uh-huh. Now that being said, I actually really like the banana esters. Yeah, I mean, but it, for some reason, I can see that. At the same time, though, I'm just not a huge fan of um, the sort of lighter, weedier beers. But I but think this, this is an like incredibly well-made beer. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no flaws. It's 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 got a great balance of those flavors of the citrus and of the banana. Uh-huh. Um. That's it's why I gave very it very well made. Yeah. And there's a lot that went into it and I can appreciate that. So sure. that's, that's why, why I gave it a nine, nine the first it. time. I gave it an eight point five originally, and then Chase was like, Why not above? And I was like, you know what? I don't have anything I don't have any drawbacks. You know, I don't have anything that I trace and I'm like Hey no chinks in the armor. Right, yeah, no chinks in the chain. And and I think that was the biggest reason why we rated it so highly is because like yes we had a lot coming from it that we really liked but there was nothing that was really drawing back for us from us you know so right Tyrell what's the word man cool well everyone's you know smitten by this beer so yeah we're I'll, totally all about it man. I'll bring it down a little bit Peer yeah bring it be, be for real man I guess uh, three and it, I think I have a I have a complex I think uh, the banana, the banana complex, complex. Yeah. So, yeah yeah uh, so. Certain flavor <laughs> compounds, right? More people are sus- susceptible to certain flavor compounds in higher or lower quantities. I think I'm like hypersensitive to the banana ester, phen- phenols, whatever. Like, so you're like a superhero. Tongue magic. Kind of. It's not a good thing, though, because it Bandit. immediately, I'm like, Belgian beer, don't like it. And it's Damn. too bad because it's a lot of beers that are out there that are Belgian beers. And a lot of people love them. Yeah, they're all I don't, about them. I don't like them as much. And uh, as it warmed up, I get a little bit less of the banana, but it didn't necessarily make it taste more. Mm-hmm. But I do, you know, like if I can get past that, because that's immediately what I get. And then I don't. It kind of goes away. Yeah. It, well, I get that. And then I'm like, eh, I don't like it because it kind of overpowers it for sure. me. And maybe that's because right. I'm sensitive to that flavor. Uh but like you said, it's dry. It smelled really good up front. Like, I wouldn't yeah. have thought it was Belgian up front, uh, a Belgian style. And that's all the yeast character. It has nothing to do with the malts really? that are in it. See, it has that nothing was, to do with the hops. It's all the yeast. That's a question I have. Um, when you see Belgian style, do you ima- do you immediately think to you in your head, like, it's going to taste weedy or is it going to taste banana-y? It's going to taste banana-y. Okay. That flavor compound is what I'm going to pull out of it immediately. Mm. And, I, and usually I can get it in the smell. And it's always in the taste. Because, Chris, in your description, you were like, it doesn't taste like wheat. And that's why I'm sort of... Yeah, it's not, it's not really the wheat. Because I'll taste like a dark, dark Belgian beer that has that doesn't have any wheat in it. And it's still and get I'll the banana. still get that banana. Right, the, it's ester. the yeast. If it's, I, yeah, it's, it's unavoidable. Yeast. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a flavor compound produced by the fermentation of that specific style of yeast. I get it in saisons, which are French yeast. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know Belgian what to beers. think about saisons, dude. Saisons are really cool for me. Very complex. Really? They just seem I so. Like I, I just I like don't even know how to them at high them. temperatures, which is kind of neat. I would me. think this is a saison. Like if someone told me this was a saison, I would I'd say believe no. it. Yeah. Like I could think it because wow. it's similar. But Belgian and French are a little different. But if I was I would, gonna, I would expect it to be a little darker for a saison. To be a saison. Uh, yeah. If I was gonna detract anything from it, it would be that carbonation. 
That'd be the only thing that really? maybe I, I, like I would the dry finish and the, and the high. I like the dry finish, you know, the champagneiness. But it. yeah, but yeah. I think that's it. it. Is there's like this, there sprightly. is like a yeah, a sprightly champagneiness that that gives it this sort of carbonated effect that I'm not used to in beers. I won't say that I just straight up dislike it, but yeah. I'm definitely not like accustomed to it when drinking beer. So it's hard for me to like say that. In a beer, I like that. Um, that would be the only even slight drawback, and it's not really a drawback for me. So, and yeah. So we already got a nine. What did you? you what are you gonna put like, on it? Again? Uh, I'll throw my nine point five out on there. I You're mean, gonna stick on that? Yeah. I mean, this thing is incredible. I am pissed off that I forgot how good this beer was. I could <laughs> be telling people all day how good this beer was. I haven't been telling them. That, that sucks. That's essentially grounds for saying it's your favorite beer. That's what I'm saying. It's like this thing might be on the very highest end. Okay, you know, like I love you gotta it. make sure you let it sit out. I'm gonna go. It's much better now. It's much better now than it was. At yeah. The beginning. Okay. I'm gonna go to my original uh, one before I got mustered up by Chase. I'm gonna give it 8.5. Wow. So here's the question. Okay. You said the Sprecher was better than the banana bread. Yes. Is I this, gave it an eight. Is this better than the Sprecher? Yes. Okay. This is an 8.5. I gave the Sprecher an eight. Okay. I give this. What's the best about beer so far? Same as the Sprecher. So I'd say an six eight. and a half. From you gave the, the Sprecher an eight, right? No, I'm sorry. The the banana bread. Yeah, I give this the same oh. as the banana bread. So wow. six and a half ish. So yeah. Interesting. So so he hates yeah. us, Chase. He hates, he hates all of them. <laughs> he only likes We're his being beer. Impressed. So so yeah. hey, that's how I feel. Thank God. <laughs> to, to bring it, let's not go on a too far of a side tangent, but I, I brought it up in a, in a letter to you guys before about uh-huh. the rating system that you guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other than that four that you gave the apple thing, have you ever rated anything less than a five? We've rated uh, well when we had shitty banter. That was kind of what we allowed to allowed ourselves yeah, to to, to try the scale. But I mean, basically the way that we look at it is that if you, honest to God, put forth a good effort at an ale, then in order for you to score a five or below, it has to be bad. Like it has to be Fair. not a good beer for Fair. for it to be a five. And a five is a mediocre essentially so on our scale. You you're saying you would almost never. We've had maybe one or two instances. You wouldn't buy each. it at the store if you had sure. a choice. Never rate less than a five. Yeah. So Correct. Yeah. When I like when I do the untapped and it's on a five point scale, the only thing that I think of is all bad beers fall within the one or the two. Yep. Totally. It gives you a little. It, it's the same. It's the same leeway if you're rating a beer from five to ten because you never rate. I just less think than it's undescript that. that way. Well, I, I'm actually other point, to really prefer the five star. My other point, and, and and I don't necessarily have have a problem with the ten point scale because on Rate Beer and other like sites they do a ten point scale. Mm-hmm. Beer Advocate, I think, does ten. Points. It's that yeah. unless you are unless you are picking out specific points to give points to and then add them up to get that score. Mm. You're almost doing a knee-jerk reaction on a five-point scale anyway, because you're never you're like, oh, it's shitty, it's less than a five. I won't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying five to ten is where it falls. Right. Yeah, Not yeah, wrong yeah, or right, yeah. but necessarily ten-point scales you, are rarely explored. Right. Rarely. It's 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 more deviations to where you don't explore fifty percent of it. So it's a good point. That's the only my only thought. And I've I I looked at some or listened to some podcasts where they did things like we're not going to necessarily give it a number. We're going to say Buy it, wouldn't buy it, I'd keg it. That's fair, you know, that's or something a really similar. good. That's and, fair. And if your audience is, yeah, we're we're gonna say, well, on an aroma, it's a two points, and mm-hmm. then you know, like if you break it down and you give it things, and then you add that up to your total score, and be yeah. real critical about it. You but if you're just doing like, sure. yeah, if you're just doing like, well, you know, overall, I think this is a whatever. Uh-huh. 
you could go either way. I and think, that, but a lot of people understand a ten point scale better too. So saying, yeah, it's a seven or an eight, it's a pretty good beer. Because we're because we're on the so we're hot, on the ten point scale. You never say, well, it's a two versus a yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? Like we're on the lose those deviations. We're on the ten point scale, but we are deviating it by point fives. Sure. So and we you still have. You can do that in the in the five in the point five scale point too. scale. So in a five point scale with deviations of five point five, you still get ten total deviations. Mm. But I guess I guess like wh- when we do the <laughs> ten point scale, it was honestly just a natural kind of thing. Like let's just rate it out of ten. You know, like whenever right. we first started doing it. But I actually like it a little bit better because when you're saying that something is a six, right? What would you give a six beer in the five rating? I'd probably two and a half. A two and a half? Yeah. See, I like that. Because I like, would almost never give anything a one. It's it's kind of like, to me, the one and the, the low twos is bad. Because like, like a two and a half, bad. I would never... Like if I heard on a podcast... Two that, and a half out of five? That it was a two and a half out of five, sure. I would never get it. So but kind of but, but if somebody but if somebody issue. had like a six in a beer that, you know, you're at least acknowledging that it's better than... Like all the crappy beers, like all the Bud Light and all the Lone Star sure. and stuff, you're saying it's almost a given. Sure. So you're just like you're just saying that of 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 crappy beers that are available, those are usually below five, and we think that this is a little bit above that, so we'll give it a six or something, right? So yeah, I like, guess it kind of falls down to whatever the bottom deviation is, how much you're going to give it one point yes. on a five point scale, five points on a ten point scale. Yeah, like like even so. even our like ho- most horrible like. We gave Miller, which is like literally me and Chase's fa- least favorite beer. We still gave it like a two out of ten, right? You know, because it's still like a it's, beer. Otherwise, yeah. it would just be like so water, then like, which so is then a one out of ten. It's more like things like would I buy this again or would I not buy this again? Or is yeah, it good, but I don't want to try it anymore. Yeah, There's yeah, other, you know, it's not like a which movie. Which is scale. why I like giving situations on them. Mm-hmm. What it I helps. think he's getting at, and and what I agree with is that um, by refining yourself to a five point scale, you're going to be more critical, and mm-hmm. that could be the next evolution. Well, potentially, it's, it, because it's, yeah, I don't know if it's more critical because if you were super critical, because then you could break it down into like smaller five points. deviations. You could say, well, on aroma, I give this one or two points out of two points, and you can add up. Right, but I, but I mean critical so in terms. In yeah, terms, I think it's arbitrary I mean, too. I mean, critical in terms of how you're going to define that point. I mean, ten points sure. just gives you a lot more room to play with. If you have five points, you're really going to hone down and provide a meaningful number. And it's really to me, it's like six point five and seven, a, a three and a half, and, or, a, and a five, or what? Where I fall in, right. If like, I'm rating a less than a three and a half, rating like, something a seven or a seven and a half is not very meaningful. Well, here's I mean, mm. but then that's a that's a, a range right there that doesn't mean a whole lot. But here's another thing. There's the question of, uh, yeah, man, I had the uh, the Sprecher the other day. Oh, I've had it too. What do you think? Um, I give it a seven. What does that say about anything about the beer? Seriously, what does it's that tell that person? Seven out of ten. So I mean, that's a little it's more okay. easy than say I give it a three. Yeah, but a three could be out of. But 10, it says but. nothing about the style, the complexity. Right. Yeah, it says how you way. enjoy it, and that's where it's it's you got to. But I like, think that's fair. I mean, every review to a certain extent is subjective. It's what so. it's kind of what. Yeah, but it's not about it. It's kind of what your audience is, too. You know, like are you talking to beer nerds? Are you talking to people that just like beer casually? Or you, you know, like can can they relate to what casual you're beer nerds? Them? I just don't. Yeah. I don't like the accumulated approach. I, I would be willing to say that if if me and Chase were to divvy out the ten point scale and say, okay, well, aroma counts for three points, body counts for two points, all these things, and then we accumulated up, we'd have a lot of beers that, that yeah, that added up individually to a greater score than we took away from it. Sure, you know but what I mean. And that, but objective. that's also, but I no, it wouldn't because our experience, we didn't like it. 
We can add up all like, the individual you things. Like a beer, that's a good beer, though. Exactly. Like, let's like look at Miller Lite. That's a good beer. Real quick, like to dive into this, me. Miller Lite. Okay, and all those domestic beers. Right. So we good. may not like them, mm-hmm. but so, you have so to keep good. in mind they're clear. They look. You have nice. to keep in mind that when you have a low alcohol beer like that, mm-hmm. errors are so much more prevalent. Mm-hmm. So what they do in actuality is impressive. And the way they can create it. The way they can replicate it. It's impressive. But they that do doesn't a good speak job. to the beer. Yes, it speaks it does. to the production. So it speaks to the well-madeness of the beer. But if a beer can be well-made, but you may not enjoy it, like if I don't like chocolate, it doesn't mean it's a bad beer. Which means Fair I didn't like it. I don't like, like that banana bread. You guys say. all like that. Right. So, yeah, but that's so it depends on what you want to review. If you want to review subjective. things that you like or not, Flavor. or if you want to review beers that are good or not. Yeah, our our kind of take on it was that we really just wanted to come away with what our experience with it was, and like That's fair. while we want to be as objective as possible, we don't try and we don't try and say that you know we're here to give the most objective view as possible. It's basically like we gave this beer our honest, fair chance. We gave it an hour's worth of our time. And this is what we took away from it, you know. And and, and, really the point and I think that that's how most people kind of approach their beer. And the I mean, point is not to criticize anyone's way of looking at oh, it. Oh no, no, just no, a, yeah, no, you know, you're, it's fine. I'm other wrong. <laughs> you're right. I get it. Yeah, cool. Admit great. it. Let's go. I'm going right. fucking down. around, Chase. <laughs> but no, I, I do. I do think it's really interesting because I mean, I remember you know you you kind of mailing in and wanting us to refer to even like where we bought it and how much we bought it for and like how much that kind of played into our experience with sure. it. But I wasn't really willing to do that. Because I thought that that didn't really speak to the beer itself and our experience with just the beer itself. So I guess like... Flavor with the beer versus the experience. Right, yeah. Overall. Because imagine imagine if you buy an $18 beer and it's like a 7, or you buy a $10 beer and it's a 7. You're going to like the $10 beer that's a 7 more than you'll like the $18 beer that's a 7. You know, naturally. But I think when you, when you, um, when you, when you make something and put it out there for the public, which is this podcast, whether or not 10 or 1,000 people listen to it, you have, you have more s- like one. <laughs> it's now, just the four of us. Yes. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> you have you have little like this is a journalistic integrity or something maybe that where you have a little bit of responsibility to provide something for your listener in a objective sense. Yeah, if it's opinion, of course, but like maybe just something that you can then uh, repeat again. Mm-hmm. So if you use a ten point scale whatever, if you use a five-point scale. So on my, like my personal choices on a five-point scale is five is the best beer I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Okay. Rarely rate anything a five. Four right. and a half is, oh, this is good. I want to I want to tell people I'm about eat it. This I want to buy it all the time. It's amazing. Top of the top. Four is really good. I would recommend it. Three and a half is, it's good. I'd probably try it again, but I'm not like excited. Three, you know, I made my personal justifications on each half point. Right, and so, that's kind of how we were with between five and set, sure. five and ten Whatever on our scale. So yeah, choose, it is the same. You do the same thing each time, because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just my knee jerk reaction is the number. And you puke it out and yeah, whatever. Because as I said, I mean, Not wrong. No, the no, only no wrong the only time we've it. ever had anyone vote below a five was with Chase one time, and it was with a white and, oil. And that so, becomes the you know that becomes your one. Out of the five. Yeah, You're essentially less than five out of ten. right. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's totally we should we should consider. Consider, uh, it's not. It's not a. You should change your thing. It's just a point to. No, talk you about. hate but the I, show. I we're it. bantering, right? Yeah. No, but <laughs> I. Witty. That was but witty. I think that that's good. I mean, uh, really, we we kind of jumped into using the ten point scale just kind of as a as it's more as a knee jerk reaction because yeah. it's it's something that people can kind of comprehend that's a little what bit I more. I was most familiar with at the time. Um, Makes sense. But yeah, no, I think I think it's totally worth 
kind of re reevaluating at least how how because well, we like, don't also explore what the would scale you that want much. out of a beer review if someone took the Sprecher before you had ever drank it and said six and a half to eight what does that mean to you right yeah versus but yeah, I but, but again, I'm not sold yeah I'm not half, sold that that, that the five point it's scale would give like me more the justification than the other of one the scale mm-hmm. is more important I suppose than the actual number well because you could give it you know mm-hmm. I give it a D. Right. Yeah. You know, there's out of a so many school. different ratings. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Give it a B plus. Because do we have more mail? Let's let's. Oh, yeah. we've got tons of move mail. on. Sorry. Yeah, we have some stuff. Edit to do. some of that out. Well, no. Here's the, here's what's. We're gonna not happen. editing any. I, I think we're going. Oh, what we're gonna end up doing is breaking this episode into a couple parts. Okay. To sure. show different people, or you know, so you can string along. That way, you're not having to sit here and listen to like how many three how many hours, hours or whatever. Chris already wants to shoot himself. He's so bored. Look at him. <laughs> I'm having fun. He's the worst. <laughs> he's, he's, he's already now. wasted. Time. You're really drunk, Chris. Go home. He's a lightweight. <laughs> I'm good. He's got to work tomorrow. If you're doing this all in a row in your car right now, we love you, and this is for you. Where are you driving? Yeah. <laughs> yeah holy El Dorado. Nigeria. Dallas, like, where are you going? <laughs> or El Paso. So El Dorado. we have plenty of mail. Uh, we're going to do this next sense. one. This next one's a little bit interesting. Uh, it's kind of a mystery, not because of who sent it, but because of what's inside. Right. Yeah. This comes from Forrest Collada. Yeah, I'm excited not a mystery. About this. i got to pull out my uh, my own little clues. So here's pull the Pull out what? Forrest Collada. Uh, and you'll see. Sup, Banter Crew. Congratulations on your 50th episode. Thanks, Forrest. We love you. In celebration of all different things y'all have discussed on your show, it's time to play Witty Banter Clue. Let's do it. Turns out, old man Scrimshaw. (laughs) (laughs) Your least favorite beer best name you've reused. (laughs) He was killed last night, but it's a mystery as to who killed him, where, and how. So he's got some lists for us. He said the suspects are... And these are all witty banter themed. Elon Musk, Daniel Craig, Vegeta, wow. Jay-Z, Neil Pert, or Ganondorf. Dude, Obviously. he did his homework. Oh, this is amazing. Is I didn't best. know it was that deep. Oh, he, he's, he's amazing. The deepest of cuts. Then he, the locations are Planet Namek, the brewery, as in Thirsty Planet Brewery, oh, cool. Tyson's Tacos, a Jack White concert, Hyrule, or the Tesla Factory. <laughs> The weapons include Golden Monkey Beer Glass, the very glass that Chris is drinking out of right now, a self-driving car, a premium title account, the cause of death is buyer's remorse, (laughs) (laughs) the special beam cannon, a Guitar Hero controller, or a sharp piece of Shattered Oceans DVD. Wow. Okay, can you can you like lay it out here so we can kind of both deliberate over them? That's, yeah. So he says. <laughs> I have sent you each a few clues. After you make your guess, open the next email for the answer to who murdered old man Scrimshaw. Here's the deal, Hunter. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. <laughs> Here's you. The clues he gave me, I feel like I, you can't possibly answer it with them. Yeah. Um. I don't know what he gave you. Like, okay. do you think you have a, a good guess as to who did this? It's just a bunch of. It, it, it's honestly just like, you don't do this. Do <laughs> like, it, it's just a bunch of negatives. So, I mean, I feel like are you saying we should our, team up? We should put our clues together. Okay, Cor- Forrest won't be happy, but let's do it. So my first, it's our show. So fuck it. Yeah. So whatever. Do we have time for this? So the suspect clue. This is for who it is. the The clue is it's not a musician. Okay, that rules out Jay Z and Neil Peart. 
Elon Musk, Daniel Craig, Vegeta, and Ganondorf are still in the mix. Who's Vegeta? Okay, well, mine. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z. Okay, well, then. Okay, so it'll narrow it down a little bit. We won't have the answer. Mm-hmm. Mine's It's Not a Real Person. It's Not a Real Person. So. It could be Vegeta. It's either Vegeta, Vegeta or, or Ganondorf. Ganondorf. I, I think Ganondorf. I think Who's it's going to be Vegeta. I, I think he knows. Uh, evil character from Zelda. He knows us too well to know it won't be Vegeta. See, I think he knows us so well that he knows we'll think it's Vegeta. Then then he'll do Ganondorf. But he'll think that we we'll okay. have to think that it's not Vegeta. Let's move on. Let's go to the next one. Let's go to the suspect or the uh, location clue. So the locations. For my clue, it says, you've been to this place. That rules out Planet Namek and Hyrule and a Tesla factory, leaving a Jack White concert, a, brew, a brewery, or Tyson's Tacos. Okay, it said they serve alcohol here, so there's two there. Okay, so we got the brewery and Tyson's. This asshole, man, this guy's the worst. <laughs> wait, wait, they don't serve you might have known that. Jack White concert? Ooh, they could. Okay, we'll keep it open. Ooh, okay, uh, that's thank nice. you. Thank you. It's, it's not what You're you. Welcome. It's not what you would think. It's probably not what he's going for, but for the valuable insight there. Okay. <laughs> the weapon clue. The inventor of this weapon is bald. I have no idea. I don't think. I mean, Elon, well, Elon Musk, Musk is, is not, bald. not bald. He's not you bald. You can tell that. Uh, Jay Z. Jay Z is bald. Is bald. Yeah. Elon, uh, Ganondorf is no, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't oh, matter. No, it it has nothing to do no, the with the people that actually car, did. Wait. It has nothing to do with the people that actually did the crime. Yeah, it's yeah. the creator of the weapon the is bald. Car, my I weapon clue is, is my weapon clue is you don't own this thing. So we own a guitar hero controller. We own oceans. Don't own a Tesla. We don't own a title account or a self driving car. Or a special beam cannon. Or a special beam cannon. Okay, I just got to roll with it, dude. I'm saying it was Vegeta at a Jack White concert with a self-driving car. Okay. You don't own can, I see, can I see the uh, thing oh, and, and kind of make my, make my assertion? Oh, oh, I sure, sure. Okay, can There's I say a, mine right now? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Ganondorf, the brewery, and Special Beam Cannon. Ooh, the Ganondorf's picking up the Special Beam Cannon there. Okay, I think I know it. What do you got? Vegeta... At Tyson's Tacos with the Guitar Hero controller. Uh, you own a Guitar Hero controller. Yeah. Oh, we don't own this thing. Oh, okay. Well, with a premium title account. Yeah, the buyer's remorse. That's was good. It, was a Tesla on there? The no. Self-driving car, car was one of the them. The Tesla factory was a location. Oh, a location. Do you have a guess? What are the weapons again? The weapons are, we do not own this, and the inventor is bald. We're going to go with a... Sh- a sharp pieces of a shattered oceans DVD. Okay. So a DVD. Yeah. Vegeta at Tyson's Tacos with the sharp DVD. Okay. Great. So here's the answer. Okay. Uh, here comes the answer to who killed Old Man Scrimshaw. The miserable old bastard was killed <laughs> by <gasps> Ganondorf. Ooh, so you were right there, right? I said Vegeta. He said Ganondorf. Ganondorf. Okay. At the Jack White concert, <laughs> which I guessed. Okay. With the special beam cannon. Oh, it's two for three. <laughs> yeah. So Chris, Chris wins I that one. I said at a brewery at the brewery. So Chris wins that one. And he says, I guess uh, good old G-Dorf wasn't a fan of New England Ale. Happy 50th episode, <laughs> Banter Crew. That was a very Forrest, fun email. We love you. Thank you so much. Yes, that was awesome. Forrest is my dear old friend from first grade. Actually, from kindergarten. He were in the same kindergarten class, oh, I think. Shit. He is quite shit. a cool bastard. OGs together. This is Witty Banter. Don't forget to follow us at Witty Banter Show on Twitter and shoot an email over to wittybantershow at gmail.com.